welcome back to another episode of whiskey and lemon i am your host lana mercedes and this is part three of the vulnerability series and our final episode of 2022 in this week's episode we will break down all the ways in which we can become more vulnerable now that we've covered 12 benefits of doing so Go back and listen to episodes 83 and 84 if you haven't already. It's the perfect time to discuss how to put vulnerability into practice. I have 10 recommendations on how we can do this, so let's get started. Number one is learn to apologize. It's a simple action that can really go a long way. Being vulnerable enough to realize that we don't need to hide our mistakes, but can accept our imperfections is a strength. Something that I've always found powerful is when it clicks for someone that their inability to admit they made a mistake is their way of actually saying that they stand by their action. We are all human, so we should also recognize that apologizing is also a way of saying that behavior was a misstep and this is not who I am. It helps you move on from that action and work toward not repeatedly making that same mistake because you are creating some distance between yourself and the behavior. If you pretend it didn't happen or it wasn't that bad, you're embracing it. Number two, live in the moment. Remember we talked about how living in the moment helps you to engage in conversation more and thus improves your ability to be a better listener? Being a good listener also requires listening without judgment. When you sit and focus on what's right in front of you and bring down your guard, you can start to lose your defenses and see that the situation isn't as intense as you might feel it is. Don't think about the past or what could go wrong in the future. Just put one foot in front of the other and think about what is happening at the moment. Number three, explore emotional barriers. There are several subconscious reasons why we do not let ourselves get vulnerable. And one that we learned last week is power dynamics, which is a common tendency for perfectionists because they naturally want to have control over what is going on around them. When we allow ourselves to succumb to being vulnerable, we can release the idea that we even have the ability to control everything because we don't. Once we do that, we are a lot freer. If this is not the reason you keep a wall up, it is imperative that you explore the thoughts, visceral emotions, and physical sensations that you feel when you want to keep your guard up. Get introspective in those moments and take stock so that you can address where that comes from and can practice a different approach the next time around. And speaking of taking stock, number four is taking notes. It's a good idea to jot these observations down, especially if you are a visual person. Seeing what comes up for you in certain situations actually down on paper will help you really process the meaning behind the words. You can, of course, also take those notes digitally, like on your phone or computer, but I suggest writing it on paper if you have the ability. There is something magical about writing the words down. It takes your mind through a restorative journey when you are drawing out the words versus just hitting a button. Number five, improve your posture. Sit up and feel your confidence in the way that you stand and sit. Your body language is a good representation of what walls you may have up. It's just like how smiling releases neuropeptides that causes an instant boost in our mood. When you exude confidence through your posture, it can allow you to feel more comfortable being vulnerable and not having fear of what will come from it. Ultimately, the best way to have confidence is to do so through being yourself, knowing that you can just be you. You can't really be confident in pretending to be someone else. Number six is indulge in therapy. I am such an advocate for therapy, but with that, it's important to keep in mind that finding your therapist is part of the process. Most importantly, because we need universal access to therapy, we cannot continue to see some of these big companies say that they advocate for mental health but do not provide the proper support. 
that's most important. On the other hand, when I say finding your therapist is part of the process, not all therapists are created equal. One that may be a horrible fit for one person could be a perfect match for another. Finding the therapist that you need is so key. I highly recommend doing your research, reading their bio, scheduling an introductory call if you can, and have your own list of questions ready to go as well. Number seven, try new things. When you open yourself up to new experiences, you are allowing yourself to be more grounded, well-rounded, allowing your eyes to be opened a bit more, if you will. When you see the world a bit better and realize it is so much bigger than your circle, you will find more ways to connect with the things you come across, whether that be cultures, experiences, or people. If you interact with the same, say, three people all the time, you don't have a chance to gain different perspectives. Just as you want to change and grow in a relationship like we discussed last week, you should want that for yourself as well. Really, you should aim to have that for yourself first, because then it will transfer into your relationships. So find any opportunities to do this, whether that is finding ways to center yourself, like trying yoga, reading a new book, meeting new people, learning a new activity. It's all a chance to get vulnerable. You're trying something new and that will require humility and commitment. This can also apply to work. The avenues you may have put off in your professional life because you feel like you're incapable or too old to explore them, think again. Do what makes you happy and prove to yourself that you can do these things. Get vulnerable and try new things. Number eight, ask for what you need. So also, as we mentioned last week, a benefit of being vulnerable is that you start getting what you need. So in order to do that, you have to ask for what you need. If you are in need of more physical attention from your partner, the action is to ask for more hugs or say the words, I need a hug. You are then more likely to receive the benefit of getting what you need. If you are overwhelmed at work and need support, you have to be vulnerable and admit that you need help. If you need someone to be there for you emotionally, you have to be vulnerable and admit that you, just like the rest of the world, have emotional struggles and could really use someone's support. So again, you don't need to overshare because you still have personal boundaries. But when it comes to connecting with someone you want to, you'll sometimes have to ask for what you need. Next up, share struggles. This is you intentionally being vulnerable, admitting you have struggles and then sharing them. It may sound scary, but once you start putting it into practice, not only can it slowly get easier in the moment, but it can get easier in general. With that, remember that vulnerability does not have to be oversharing, expressing feelings at a rapid pace beyond what feels safe, but it is to be honest and willing to connect with someone that you trust. It is allowing yourself to show sides of you that you aren't necessarily eager to show, but you do so despite the risk that certain parts may not be accepted. So again, you don't need to overshare, but when you want to connect with someone on a deep level, forget about the easy and comfortable route and go for the vulnerable yet courageous one you will find yourself becoming much more patient and empathetic. You will also find that people show you the same level of compassion. And the last one on my list is properly identify your feelings. When we do this, we not only help ourselves, we improve our speaking skills. We learn to communicate better, choose the right words, and in cycle, it provides us that level of confidence we discussed. So when we do have that level of confidence, we are certain of our choice of words and speak with clarity. We don't spit out words that are just to be hurtful or a way to hurry up and just say something, explaining our feelings. We think them through. We identify them. Hint, hint, don't forget to take notes of what you're feeling, especially with unfamiliar emotions. Validate your feelings. This will help you to gain that confidence as well. Your feelings are real. No matter what you're feeling, 
Those are the feelings you are having and they are valid. How you behave and communicate those feelings is where the work comes in. Over time, as you learn to properly work through your behavior and communication, even your feelings and initial thoughts on things will improve. Refuse to try being emotionally immune to every situation or human you come across. You may think it's safer, but we've discovered that it is not the case. And also, it's boring. Life is a lot more fun and free when you let yourself be a little more vulnerable. I want to thank you all for spending your Wednesdays with me, and I look forward to sharing more of them with you next year. Since this is the last episode of 2022, I have a compilation of quotes for you. Enjoy. When you shut down vulnerability, you shut down opportunity. Brene Brown. There is only one way to avoid criticism. Do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. Aristotle. Happiness depends upon ourselves. Aristotle. When anger rises, think of consequences. Confucius. Open your hands if you want to be held. Rumi. If you've been enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Find me at Heylana Mercedes on Instagram to submit your questions and topic suggestions. See you in 2023.